Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Uh, Tim, reacting to what you just said, that the pitch clock could actually affect hitters more. What's the philosophy behind that? Well, I was surprised to hear that because I think it's going to affect the pitchers more. But, look, hitters are creatures of habit also. They love to step out. They love to adjust their batting gloves. They need to take a, a deep breath, that type of thing. And if you rush them into the batter's box against a guy throwing a cutter at 96 miles an hour, uh, they're not going to be happy about that. So I think an adjustment is going to have to be made here, and I think it's time to make the adjustment. I'm okay with the pitch clock unless we realize it's a big mistake. And the other thing I was told today is get ready to see a million balks in the month of April because in order to work this pitch clock, that pitcher has to come to a complete stop so we can start to time the delivery. And that's part of the problem here is that if we have a million balks called in April, like we did in 1991 early in the season, that that's not a good look for the game either. So we'll see if that happens also. Um, I have to ask this because it's the annual question. Do you get a sense that baseball finally wants a firm resolution on the situation with the Oakland A's? Or is Rob Manfred basically just continuing to kick the can down the road because he's not that interested, Vegas doesn't seem to be that interested, and the A's don't seem to be that energetic? Yeah, again, we've been over this, fellas. It's so confusing what to do. Bud Selig told me 15 years ago we have to do something about the A's and the Rays, and here it is 15 years later. And we're in the same spot. I, I can't figure that one out. Um, I think they could do really well in, at times, I guess, in Las Vegas. And yet, to me, the best thing to do is to build a new ballpark in the Oakland area. But how do you do that? Where do you do that? I, I think the commissioner is getting frustrated, but I think there's not much he can do. And he just has to keep bringing it up. And I don't know what the solution is because... This has gone on way too long. John Fisher's a a terrible owner, and there is no way to even put lipstick on that pig. He is just the worst. There's no fixing him. And I don't think baseball, again, with new rules, really needed fixing. I, w- I want to just come back to the rule, because again, the, the A's are just, they're helpless. They're, they're choosing to be helpless based on their owner's wishes. Um, what do you think, Tim, of the bigger bases there's been quite a bit made of it. I mean, I, I always love the saying that one of the most perfect things about baseball was the choice to put the base away exactly 90 feet. 90 feet in between bases has given us all the numbers that we revere as sacred. If the base had been 89 and a half feet away, we'd probably have multiple 400 seasons. You know, I mean, it would have changed the numbers of baseball forever if those bases weren't a perfect 90 feet away. Well, we're, we're messing with perfection because the bases have grown from 15 to 18 inches, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in all the bang-bang plays I've ever seen, then I think that that is going to be a lot. What do you think of the new bases, the unintended consequences? Will it allow us to re-embrace the stolen base, or might it backfire? Well... It, it certainly might backfire. I've got to look at those bases up close today, and it is clear they are bigger than the other ones. I mean, it is clear without another base sitting 
the old base sitting on top of it. All you have to do look at it and say, wow, that is a clearly bigger base. Now, again, from home plate to first base on a play at first, it's still going to be 90 feet. And I had a pitcher tell me today, he said, all this is going to mean on a stolen base is I have to be, instead of 1.3 to the plate, I have to be 1.29, which is a microscopic difference. He claims he's done the math on this, and that's that's only that's how qu- how much quicker you have to be, which isn't that much quicker. So, I personally don't think that we're going to see an enormous change in the stolen base rate or the safe at first rate um, with the with the bigger base. Will it make a difference? I think yes, but I think it will be small. Which bad team a year ago is going to be good this year, and which good team a year ago is going to be bad? Um, the bad teams, Ray, right now are so bad that, you know, the Pirates and Reds and well, the A's, sorry, and they're, they're not going to be any good, that's for sure. The I, I think the Angels were pretty bad last year, and I like some of the things they've done. And I just refuse to believe in the final, potentially the final year that Otani plays for the Angels. And Mike Trout is coming back, you know, to maybe show everyone again he's still the best player in baseball. And with the other things that they've done and with help to some other people, I I think the the Angels have a chance to be much better and they might even make the playoffs. As for a team that was good last year and is going to be bad this year, I'm not ducking the question. I'm just not sure there's a team out there that was good and is going to be bad. Now, I don't know if the Orioles are going to take another step forward from 110 losses to 83 wins. I don't see them jumping up again, but that doesn't mean that they had a good season and they're going to fall back. I I just think a lot of the teams are pretty much in the same spot that they were last year. And finally, of the players last year that stood out, uh, which one do you think is going to be maybe the the true best player in baseball, and which one do you think will fall off the most? Well, the Rodriguez, Rodriguez kid in Seattle is ridiculously good. He was 21 years old now. He's built like a tank, and he can fly, and he can play center field. And I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP this year, but his poise is remarkable. And for a kid that young, and he's as big a reason as any that um, – the Mariners made the playoffs last year. I think he's only going to get better from here, and that is a scary thought. As for a young player who is going in the wrong direction, I think it's a little too early to say, hey, so-and-so, so-and-so. But I need to see, for instance, what Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to do this year in a in a healthy situation. He is a great player, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that last year Coming off a broken leg, basically, he wasn't the same player. And even though he did, he was a productive player. I'm really interested to see if he comes back and becomes the best player in baseball or close to it as he was before he got hurt a year and a half ago. So he's a guy that I think we need to keep our eye on because the ceiling's enormously high, and we'll just see how he reacts after as a mostly a healthy player now. And finally, I'll let you speculate even more. Will Trevor Bauer be signed by someone this year because he's too good a pitcher not to be? Or did he make himself so toxic a year ago that nobody will touch him? Well, again, this is a very difficult question, Ray. You only ask difficult questions. But my guess is he will not pitch again this year. And my guess is I don't think anyone's going to go near him, given the toxic nature, as you said, and given the atmosphere in Major League Baseball right now. He's 32, he's got great stuff, but my guess is, my guess is, this is it for him as a Major League Baseball player, but who knows? Tim Kirkton with us here. I got one last one. What do you think of Bruce Bochy being back in baseball, and what sort of Svengali magic will he wield over the Texas Rangers? 
Well, I love that he's back in the game because the game is always better when Bruce Bochy's in it because he's a great manager, period. And he's a great guy to be around. He's so good for the game. And to me, he represents the old school that actually watches the game being played and makes adjustments during the game based on what he's seen. As we've known, Giants won three World Series because no one, but no one ran a bullpen better than that guy because he could watch and see what was happening on the field. And I think this is a really good sign for the game that we're putting the game back to some degree in the hands of people who have a great feel for the sport and a great look at the sport. Like Dusty Baker, like Bruce Bochy, two Hall of Fame managers who are managing at the same time again. I think that's a good thing, but the most important thing is that the Rangers are giving him full reign to run the team, especially when the game starts. From one Hall of Famer to another, what do you think of the passing of Tim McCarver? Uh, It was awful. I love that guy. He had a fascinating career. I mean, you could make a case that he's the best baseball player ever to make the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. I mean, Tony Kubek, Ken Harrelson, there were some others, but Tim McCarver was a really good player. Go look at his postseason numbers. He, he led the league. He led the major leagues in triples in 1966. He's the only catcher ever to steal home in a World Series game. His performance in the '64 World Series, including a crucial home run was tremendous. He played in four decades. He caught 450 starts made by Steve Carlton and Bob Gibson combined. He was a really good player. He was a great broadcaster. And he today is a terrible day for baseball. Spring training is officially back, and it was great to have Tim Kirchin get us excited for baseball. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, congrats again to the ever-expanding family, and we look forward to uh, saying hello to you again real soon, Tim. Thank you so much. Okay, guys. See you. Tim Kirchin. I love how much he loves baseball. He it- loves it a little less than he used to because I think he looks at the game and he sees it abandoning the 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 traditions at their base that made baseball different than everything else. I think he looks at this as an attempt by people in suits to homogenize it to be more like the other sports, and it's not, and it can't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't yeah. be. Again, I mean, if it, we were inventing a sport for modern times, we wouldn't have invented this. So stop trying to fit it into something it's not built for. Yeah, and stop trying to assume that all fans are the same. But... You know, when you don't have any ideas, you're going to steal ideas from other companies. In this case, you know, baseball wants to be a little more like basketball and a little more like football, and they don't translate. Well, and what I think, if you ask me, what is the element of the coming season that I like the least beyond the new rules? And we'll kind of jog through all of the new rules that people need to know about in just a second here. I hate the now better balanced schedule. I don't want fewer Giants-Dodgers games so the Giants can play a more balanced schedule and get more bites at the Miami Marlins apple. I, I don't care. I don't care. I'd rather them play the Dodgers more than the rest of baseball coming through town more. I hate the now better balanced Major League schedule. Yeah, what they're trying to do is spread the guys you want to see a little more thinly everywhere. I mean, because there are teams that, you know, won't get to see Shohei Otani. And I think enough owners complained that they said, why is it I don't get to have Otani or Mike Trout or Aaron Judge in my ballpark at all this year? And I think that was the response. It's just taking care of owners instead of taking care of the game. Well, and, and I just don't like that because the answer should be, well, because he plays in the American League and you're in the National League and that's how it works. And they don't, well, what do they try to do except destroy the two, the distinctions between the league? Well, there is no, there's no difference between the American and National League anymore. Yeah, well, that's that's the point. It's that now that they've done that, they they all want to bite at the few stars that have had make themselves because baseball hasn't made it for them. They're so bad at marketing their teams, their players, their brand, what people really care about. 
I they're mean, too busy. They're too busy trying to punish the players for making too much money in their mind, and or which brings tag. us to the one story. Which brings us to the one story that we didn't get to with Tim, and maybe we should have. You which blew is, it. which is, yes, I did. Which is Bally's um, oh. package going bankrupt? So, I, I actually have something on that. Um, it, it it is kind of amazing what is has happened, um, and and it's going to affect local sports casting quite a bit. Um, there are many, many teams that are... That, look at it this way. We have NBC Sports out here doing our local cable thing, right? Mm-hmm. Bally's is all over sports now these days. And the company that controls the Bally regional networks just filed for bankruptcy. No, they haven't filed yet. They're they going missed to. an interest payment. They have a thirty-day grace period, but everybody expects. Them well, they've they, they, they basically announced that that's what they're they're doing. They're yeah. they're using this grace period to brace for the bankruptcy that's assuredly coming at this point. So, what does that do to affect local coverage? Well, it doesn't trickle into our market. It doesn't do a lot here, but around baseball, it's it's going to affect pre and post game shows. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Not that a lot of these pre- and post-game shows were good to begin with, but they're going to get markedly worse. Well, and more to the point, if baseball... I'm sorry to do that. If baseball is going to take all the local packages in-house, like Rob Manfred suggested they might, it might mean that Major League Baseball takes over the Giants and A's broadcasts from NBC as soon as those contracts end. And then you've got to do business with them again, and all the shortcomings that will be in a homogenized package will be there here as well. So it's even though uh, Bally's doesn't have a piece in the area now, it doesn't mean that if baseball takes it over that they won't take the piece. So people need to be at least aware of that as well. Oh, good. So instead of taking over the Montreal Expos, you take over Giants pregame live everybody uh i feel like bill maher here are you ready for new rules here we go so new rules that are taking effect this spring training pitch timer there's going to be a 30 second timer between hitters and then a shorter time limit in between pitches pitchers will be required to begin their motion 15 seconds after receiving the ball with the bases empty or 20 seconds after receiving the ball with runners on base. If they don't, they're going to be charged with an automatic ball. Batters, meanwhile, must be in the batter's box and alert to the pitcher by the 8-second mark on the clock or else be charged with an automatic strike. So in other words, Ray, it's not just a pitcher working on a clock. It's a hitter working on a clock with different start times on clocks that initiate or do away with different penalties being applied to either the hitter or the pitcher, which is why Tim Kirchner actually said he thinks it could affect, affect hitters more than actual pitchers. And um, we are now counting three different things that never, ever needed to be counted on before. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of clarity yet on how umpires are supposed to determine you know who was who was the time waster if the if there's a clock violation whether it's the pitcher or the hitter does the tie go to the runner <laughs> yeah i mean just you know the, it, the chaos that is going to ensue in the first month of the season is going to enrage everybody and please almost nobody which is sort of what baseball's been doing in the last 10 years it's every time they throw in a new thing it turns out to be more worse than the the remedy turns out to be worse than the original illness. Uh, last year, only because they put in the ghost runner, did baseball time uh, time of game go down. And even at that, it didn't go down by nearly as much as they said it would. It went from three eleven to three oh five, and everybody in baseball said before the season started, "Oh, this will get games back under three hours." They have no idea. And they never have an idea. They just throw stuff against the wall and then watch it slide down to the floor. The entire the entire point of Major League Baseball has always been there is no clock. Time doesn't matter. 
the time of the game is determined by the flow of the game. And I think everyone has always conceptually been on board with, hey, let's hurry it along here to an extent. But I don't like the, hey, let's hurry it along here affecting strategy. Strategy has already been affected by the number of batters every pitcher needs to face, a batter minimum, once pitching changes happen. I don't like that. I don't like taking away a defensive choice from a manager. Like, if you know that this hitter puts all batted balls in play into, you know, seven, well, not all, but 70% of the batted balls in play go in this area, you should be able to defend that area. That's the way it works. The art of hitting can be interpreted in other ways. I really don't like this. I guess maybe it doesn't matter as much because the stolen base is sort of a dying art form, but there are now going to be disengagements, a.k.a. pickoff rules. Pitchers will be limited to two disengagement from the mounds. The pickoff attempt or just the step-off to check the runner. You get, per plate appearances, you get two step-offs with a runner on first now. If a pitcher steps off a third time, it's going to be treated as a balk. Runner advance. Now, given the fact there are very few stolen base threats out there, there are times where there is no doubt you had pitchers going over to first, and then going back to first, and then going back to first, and then going back to first, and going back to first, to just slow everything down. Like, it was being abused. But to me, this is a solution that's looking for a problem more than it was really ever a problem for baseball. Yeah, if stolen bases are dramatically down, and they are, what's the impetus to... You know, do they think stolen bases are down because pitchers throw over to first? No. It's because baseball numbers the, and the general managers who guard them say that a stolen base is a low percentage idea. Right. We're waiting that on it's launch not, angles. Yeah, yeah. Pit, pitchers didn't make stolen bases extinct. And catchers with great throwing arms didn't make them extinct. General managers and the choices they made and the way they told managers to manage and the players they basically drafted and developed, that's what changed it. I haven't looked at this number in so long. I'm just going to sort of make it up. But uh, one of the single greatest arms ever behind home plate belonged to Pudge Rodriguez. True or false? Yeah, one of them, sure. He was incredible. And I think he threw out fewer that like 40% of all stolen bases I I don't remember what his actual got the runner percentage was but it was and and he was one of the greatest of all time doing it it was such an unimpressive number in my mind like if I were a, a a major league manager and I had the roster who could do it I've always said my base paths would look like a merry-go-round we would be stealing 90 90 feet every single chance we got Anytime I thought, because the percentage play of this guy getting thrown out wasn't that good. But no, that's not how they see it at all. They see it as it's a small percentage play, and you're better off waiting for the two-run home run than running into an out, and then you got a solo home run. Uh, To me, that's where a lot of the action has gone to die, because you don't have that. Bigger bases, we already discussed that with Tim Kirkjian. I don't know if that really affects things. The ghost runner, the Manfred man, that is staying. Now, this is the one place, Ray, where you and I do disagree, because as much as I don't think we needed it, it makes me turn a baseball game on maybe faster than any element of hey, something's going on in a baseball game that you might want to check out. Like, I will go and watch that extra inning game in ways, hey, this game is in its 10th inning, never made me flip over to that game before. Like, it has upped the price of poker on extra innings enough to where, even though I don't like it, it does suck me in. It does. And at some point, like, all right, if you you officially want to be out of there after nine innings because games start so late and you don't want to be getting home at in the morning after you make it back over the bridge. Like, I, you know, I, I get it. I really do. I don't like it, but I at least get it. But you can leave any time. You sure can. I mean, you're, there's nothing. They don't bolt you into your chair when you go to the ballpark or when you're watching at home. 
which is why that's always been a phony argument to me. It's if a game lasts 13 innings, it is not a contract for you to have to watch all 13 innings. Um, so to me, that that's just sort of a it's an artificial way of trying to lower the average time of game so it doesn't seem so daunting to the casual fan. I will say. When in fact, what they could have done, and they've just, this is the one thing about the rules that does make sense. A clock between at bats where you don't get to linger in the, in the on-deck circle and walk slowly to the plate and spend 10 seconds digging in. I mean, there are right. dead Mike spots. Mike Hargrove, the human rain delay. Yeah, there are dead spots in games that can easily be dealt with. The problem is baseball doesn't want to deal with the most egregious one, which is time between half innings, because that's when they sell ads. But they can trim time between uh, hitters approaching the plate. See, I never understood why they couldn't figure out a way to trim commercial time and insert commercial sponsorships just into the broadcast. There are a million different breaths in a major league broadcast. A place to put a spot, a, a liner, a graphic, uh, a, a superimposed whatever on the field for a moment. And then you put it up on graphically and then you take it away. Like, to me, there are so many in-game advertising opportunities. You don't need a four and a half minute in-between inning break. But I asked somebody in baseball that very question a few years ago. And what they told me was, the advertisers don't want the time between half innings shortened, and they do want the, the ads during the during the actual play because they want all of it, and they want to maximize their exposures for the money they're paying. So it's not really about an either-or. It's the advertisers say, this is what we're buying, and we want all of it. And baseball is not in a position to turn down advertisers. So they let them have all of it. But you can do, I mean, there are other things you can do, you know, and, you know, baseball's inability to recognize that there are things that they can do that do, don't interfere with the game uh, gets in the way of their thinking. I mean, the idea that, you know, the zero sum at bat where it's, you know, home run or nothing also leads to an increased number of foul balls because guys are just trying to fight off pitches until they get the one they really want. And that's a, that's a hitting philosophy that, frankly, baseball needs to do more to change. And that means going to each general manager and going, you're killing us. You know, you, you, th this might work incrementally for you to hit 234 in a season that, rather than 233, but it's killing us. And the fact is... Averages have gone down, runs have gone down, strikeouts have gone up, walks have gone up, and walks and strikeouts are the most boring things about the sport. They just don't... Every, every metric advancement has come with a reduction in action. And baseball's prime responsibility is not to sort of have stopwatches. It's to find ways to let athletes be athletes because that's the thing that people watch football for and basketball for, and hockey for, and soccer for, and the Olympics for. They want to see athleticism. Well, and you want to know what probably became the hardest producer assignment at ESPN during baseball season is coming up with everyone's web gems from the week, because you used to have a bucket of web gems to choose from. Now, you know, oh, a diving play to the left could be a, a web gem, because there were four of those this week. Everyone is so well positioned and we're dealing with fewer bang bang plays everywhere because you know you know what predicates action? Ground balls. Ground balls are now a new cancer that teams actively try to avoid. Um the only other rule that I want to talk about here, and it's the one I think that, you know, again, they abused it to the point where I guess you did need a governor slapped on that. It's the whole position players actually being allowed to pitch. So there is now a rule, several rules attached to the concept of a position player coming into pitch. If the game goes into extra innings, you're allowed to do that. But again, I wouldn't even see the real reason to do that there because extra innings are now high leverage baseball moments. 
or conceptually. Yeah. Well, conceptually should be, especially with the Manford yeah. Man runner on. The other two things is the leading team is up by 10 or more runs in the ninth inning, or the trailing team is down by eight at any point in time. So you can basically white flag a game if it's that much out of the realm of possibility that you could come back in it. Which was absolutely abused with the level of junk innings given to position players rather than tax the bullpen or actual pitchers who you may need. So it it, it went from a novelty act, which was actually funny or at least entertaining in the vacuum of the moment. And then there became way too many of those moments sucked into this vacuum. But there are a lot of 10 to 1 games in the course of baseball season, and that's when you see that. And unless you want to say, okay, you can't score anymore, that rule is not going to have any meaningful effect because they weren't going to position players in games that were 7 to 1. They were going when it was double digits to low single digits. And that's not going to change because the logic of not wasting a bullpen arm in a game like that is more compelling then, you know, well, we don't want to turn this into a travesty. If you're down 14 to 1, you're already neck deep in a travesty. And you're going to want to save that bullpen arm for tomorrow or the day after. And that interferes with strategy, too. It's not, it's just, it's nobody ever gets offended when a baseball manager is trying to save his team for the next day's game. But the entire sport is now built around you not ever overtaxing your team in one game. So, it, like, that to me, you're falling on unsympathetic or less sympathetic ears now than ever before. Well, it's because it's now become a a strategic basis. But it's always in a game that is genuinely out of hand, not like a 6-1 to one game. That's when it would be a travesty. But if it's 11-1 to one and it's the 7th inning... I think it should be within a manager's prerogative to do that because well, that is part because managing tomorrow's game is part of is today. Part of it, yeah. yeah. And no, so I agree. Yeah. Which which is why the Manfred Man rule really stinks and pitch counts and number of minimum batters faced and all that stuff. Well, all of it all of it is predicated on the fact that the people who run baseball don't like baseball. Not the way it exists. Or I mean, even even after this, even after all of this. They are looking at billion-dollar assets that they believe are being devalued on a year-by-year basis because the television contracts aren't as lucrative as they used to be, even though they are. And they, they say, well, gee, it must be a lot more fun owning a football team because they make tons more money. Why aren't we making tons more money? Because the truth is, baseball has not done nearly enough to transcend generations. We're the generation now that enjoys baseball the most. And the truth is, football is heading that way in about 10 years. Just because, and I'll finish the thought, then you can do that thing you're going about to do. It's the average viewer, the, the age of the average viewer in a baseball game is like 58, 59. But the average age of a football viewer is 55. So they're going to confront this soon enough. And it'll be interesting to see what football does because it's got a farther distance to fall because it's higher up now than it's ever been. And so that's their next crisis. We will talk a little bit more about football in the future and what it will look like a decade from now. We're going to have to do that tomorrow, Ray. I've already got a big segment prepared, but it's evergreen. I'm going to use it tomorrow. It's also my last show before I go on a week and a half long vacation. So it'll prevent me from mailing in tomorrow's show if we stow a little bit of today for tomorrow. As long as we don't do any more Weissman, I'm good with that. No more James Weissman tomorrow. I can promise you that. Unless, of course, he has a monster game for the Detroit Pistons. Oh, no, they're not playing tonight. They're not playing for another week. By the way, Tiger Woods finished minus two. Hey, now, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. I do want to say uh, I got a, a our first uh, Andrew Baggerly Athletic Giants breakdown. You want to hear it? You want to hear the exciting season that you got coming up here, Ray? Bring it. 
The Giants lack middle infield depth. They made only marginal improvements to their problematic defense. They have rotation depth behind Logan Webb, but no clear number two to approach what Carlos Radon provided last season. From Michael Conforto to Mitch Hanniger to Lamont Wade Jr., they're banking on getting a lot of offense from guys who spent a ton of time on the injured list in 2022. Their biggest concern is still figuring out a way to recreate some semblance of what Buster Posey gave them behind the plate. Joey Bart showed growth as a rookie, and Roberto Perez, a two-time Gold Glove winner in Cleveland, will be in camp Otherwise, it's an area the Giants have almost no upper-level depth. And some of the rule changes, the the pitch clock speeding everyone up, more incentive for base stealers figure to make leadership and poise behind the plate even more valuable than ever. So in other words, the Giants didn't do an awful lot this offseason. What they actually have on their own team is basically an entire front office and clubhouse rooting for everyone to basically have a career year again. And the absence of Buster Posey being no less offensive this year than it was in the last two years. It's not exactly a robust write-up of optimism. But as I said, you know, look, can you give me great or give me terrible? Like, I can work with either. We don't like... 500 baseball teams and inspires no passion, no passion at all. I either want the Giants to completely shock the world, be better than the Dodgers and Padres and Aaron Judge's home run total combined, you know, completely uh, make 107 wins look like, oh yeah, you can do that just with how smart these guys are and Kapler and Farhan are freaking geniuses. Like, give me that to work with? Or I want an unmitigated catastrophic failure that has the Giants 60 and 102 and everyone gets fired in like a slow, grueling public execution style. And I don't think we're going to get either of those. We're going to be 83 and 80. 83 and 70. 83 and 79. I told you I was bad at me. I think here's the most likely scenario that I can see. Of the 26 players that are sort of listed on their opening day roster as projected by fan graphs, only eight of them are under 30. I think you're going to see a ton of injuries. Yeah. It's just, this is an old team. And it's not a dynamic old team. It's just old. And unless Mitch Hanniger, who's 32, and Conforto, who's 30, uh... You know, Lamont Wade, who's 29, uh, unless those guys are going to have big years. I mean, Mike Yastrzemski is 32 years old. You know, you wouldn't think of it because he hasn't been here that long, but he started late. No, like Mike Yastrzemski was old when he was young. Yeah. Their, their bench is 34, 31, and 30. Their rotation, Logan Webb is 26. Then it's 35, 31, 33, 32. They only have two bullpen guys. In an, in an eight-man staff that are under 32. I mean, just... It's a, it, it's, the, it's the absolute reverse of what they wanted to do when Farhan Zaidi got here. And that's the thing that's the biggest takeaway of all, is that the master plan has failed completely, even though the, one, the wins and losses are not embarrassingly bad. This has gone according to plan in no way. And yet, here they are in the middle of the pack. Would you like to hear the athletics write up? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Uh, I I didn't even bother cutting and pasting it. Like, I I just did it myself. (laughs) Oh, okay. Shea Langoliers. End story. That's it. Uh. That's it. You got one young catcher. He's the whole team. There is your A's spring training report, everyone. It's too depressing to even share. The A's biggest question this year is, are you guys even trying? This team has traded away anyone making a major league salary. It could possibly be recognizable. Their farm system is completely underwhelming for a team that just traded away all of its major league assets. They don't have an exciting farm system. They don't have an exciting team. Uh, the, the, the there's the, the, it, it's it's just it's tragic. 
what has been allowed to happen. I saw this graphic the other day. The A's are running basically at like 17% capacity last year. It's just, it's tragic what has been allowed. John Fisher is the equivalent of a sports war criminal. He should be stopped by any means necessary. He is the worst owner in the history of Bay Area sports. There is no one even close. It is him. He now wears the crown. I don't care how bad anyone else was, how incompetent anyone else was. I'll give you, this I'll, is, I'll, this I'll, is competency trying to kill it. The other team, the other owners might have been bad, and they might have killed things. This guy's trying to kill his own thing. Except the the two other owners that fall into that same category also own the A's. The first guy who had them, which is Charlie Finley, and then Steve Schott, who you know essentially wanted just profit take. Right, but accidental you know, titles either way, right? No, 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 no. None. I mean, the, the no, the 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 A's won three World Series in the early seventies under Finley, right? But they did it despite him, not because of him. Absolutely, he sucked. Yeah, but the success no, no, was I'm still not there. Arguing and the that Fisher's still there. better right. than better than Finley. I mean, he's he's clearly trying to poison the well. But in terms of the product on the field, they are the exact opposite of the A's in that they only have eight players of their top twenty six who are over thirty. So if you want to fall in love with young players for the three years that you'll have them, they have multiple opportunities to do that. Uh, one segment left around the corner, and we're going to be talking about golf's newest ambassador. So don't you go anywhere. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. We are brought to you by 5-Hour Energy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. So look, I don't even know how much of a story this is. It could be nothing. It could be something. But Ray just brought up because he had his eye on this uh, Bucks-Bulls game tonight on TNT. Giannis has walked off the court. He was holding his hand, wrist. Already, his wrist. They've already said he's not returning tonight. So is there a significant injury to Giannis? Stay tuned. Uh, the last thing this All-Star game needs is another All-Star pulling out. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have a hard time getting people to watch anyway. So A sprained wrist is, I guess, what they're calling it on TNT. So uh, there you go. I thought I'd let you Ron know might that. have to pay, play all 48 just because there's no Curry, there's no Durant, there's no Giannis. 
Hey, you know, it's about time he gave it the office. You know what I mean? Uh, coming up next here on The Game, brought to you by Fremont Bank, it's Warriors Roundtable. Our friends Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean got a full hour of Warriors talk and plenty to talk about, obviously. Uh, it is the All-Star break, but you got Warriors Live coming up next here on 95.7 The Game. We had a little bit of, uh, I don't want to call it a contentious, it was very matter-of-fact, point-forward conversation with Steve Curry yesterday. In one of the lighter moments, I brought up the fact that Steph Curry has actually just been named a 2023 Ambassador of Golf, which is something that Steve had not been made aware of. I was not aware. He's a PGA ambassador? Yeah. Like, Steph Curry has been added to a list that includes, like, former presidents and, you know, Bob Hope and all sorts of entertainers. He's, he is now, like, an official golf ambassador, which means, at the very least, you guys should get, like, free buckets of balls and carts when you show up, right? I'm pretty sure Steph got that before. So <laughs> I'm not sure there's been an upgrade. Probably not an upgrade, but actually, Steve, I, I think you might be wrong about that. And maybe this is a sign that, you know, guys don't get along in that Warriors locker room like they used to. Steve's a golfer. You figured Steph would run up to him and be like, hey, Steve, I basically can get us on anywhere, anytime. From now on, I'm an official ambassador. I mean, he could get on anywhere anyways. Anyways, yeah. he's Steph Curry. He's but now, now they're like officially move heaven and earth for you. Yeah, but he's got Andre Iguodala to play golf with him. He's not going to take the boss out. I mean, that because that's what suck-ups do. But he doesn't even know about it? If anything, you tease him a little bit. Um, I think he's sort of been the neck deep in other stuff to do. So I could, I, I could see a possibility where that escaped him. Would you like to hear the full list of all golf ambassadors recognized by the PGA Tour going back to 1981. I'll do it quickly. Only if only if you show me pictures that they all had to wear top hats, tails, and shoulder sashes. I do, it's not that kind of ambassador. It's not Ambassador Vaughn Miller. Well, that's not good. But it is a golf ambassador. And what exactly that gets you, I do not know. But it is an illustrious list. Here we go. Starting in 1981, Chi-Chi Rodriguez, golf's swashbuckler. 1982 was Bing Crosby of Clambake, Pebble Beach, and Do You Hear What I Hear fame. In 1983, it was Byron Nelson. Call him a lord if you want. After that, Gene Sarazen, golf royalty. 85, President Gerald Ford, Bob Hope in 86, an entertainment legend, Dinah Shore, singer, talk show host, and LPGA fan, uh, followed by Joe Dye, who was a golfer, Frank Shurkinen, he was a TV producer. he was a producer at CBS. He did the Masters for years. Look at you, Shurkinen, you knew it. TV producer and director, he helped, be, he helped golf become television friendly. Big, big, yeah. big role in golf. Uh, 1990s. So we hit the 90s now, and they give it to Barbara Nicholas, which is a Lifetime Achievement Award for dealing with all of Jack's BS. In 91, they give it to Arnold Palmer, which is basically another Lifetime dealing Achievement Award for dealing. You took my line. Exactly. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, 1992, Nancy Lopez, golfing icon. 93, Robert DiVincenzo, a golfer. Roberto DiVincenzo. Roberto DiVincenzo. Thank you very much. Uh, 94, President George Herbert Walker Bush. Michael Bolanak, an English golfer in 95. Dean Berman, golfer, 96. Peter Beeman. Uh, Beeman. Right, I'll stop correcting you. You just read it. No, Dean Beeman. No, get in there. Jump in there. We correct in real time on this show. 1997, Peter Thompson, an Australian golfer. Ken Venturi in 98, golfing great. Gary Player, 1999, golfing legend, true gentleman. Ben Hogan and Sam Sneed in 2000. Those are a couple guys who qualify for the Mount Rushmore golf. Dale, Dell, excuse me, Dell DeWitt. Who was Stanford's first great golfer before Tiger came along? Does that name ring a bell to you at all? Not really. No. Uh, Joanne Carter, a golfer in Carter. 2002. Carner, thank you very much. Uh, Robert Dedman Sr. and Jake Vickers. Jack Vickers, they were a couple of philanthropic business guys who had a lot of money to throw around. 2004, Lee Trevino, the star of Happy Gilmore. And I tell you that because today, February 16th, 1996, 27 years ago, Happy Gilmore came out. 
Ken Schoenfield, the executive director of the European Tour, followed by uh, Tony Jacklin, your uh, English golfer. Uh, Charlie Sifford, golfer. Hale Irwin, golfer. Tom Watson, golfer. We got a run of golfers here. Nick Price, Nick Faldo, Jack Nicholas, Johnny Miller, Judy Rankin, Davis Love the Third, Peter Jacobson, then Jim Nance in 2018, uh, broadcaster and uh, Pebble Beach resident, Jim Nance. Freddie Couples, golfer. 2021. The younger George W. Bush, who now, thanks to Donald Trump, looks like Lincoln. A nuclear physicist. Uh, and then in 2022, Condi Rice, who is uh, a war criminal. And then in 2023, Steph Curry, the first ever NBA athlete named as a worldwide golf ambassador. The first athlete in any other sport. Yeah. Golf. Yeah. I find it interesting that Barbara Nicholas won this before Jack did. <laughs> she really must have been a patient woman. Oh, she must have endured much. Thanks so much to Tim Kirkjian for joining us today. He was fantastic. We're going to be back tomorrow to not only put a fine point on the week, but get you ready for the NBA All-Star break, which, thanks to brilliant planning on my end, I don't have to... I don't have to work hard through that. All smart broadcasters take the following week as vacation, which means Ray will be here with someone else. Not so smart, Ray. I don't care. I mean... That's the kind of enthusiasm that keeps him coming back. Well, I mean, I don't care about precedence, so it's just another day to me. There you go. Thank you so much for tuning in to this day. It has come to an end. Warriors Live is next. Please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.